Ah, yes, it's another episode of MLB Morning Coffee here from the Ocean Avenue Studios in San Francisco, California. My name is Greg Mraz, your host, as per usual. We want to get back on a regular recording schedule. It's been kind of a bit of a weird time for me because I've got a lot of things going on in life, but also I need to make sure that what I'm putting out is interesting to you. I had experimented with a lot of the top 10 lists, with the What If series, and a couple of other ideas that you might think of as really good historiographical content. But the fact of the matter is, is that we've gotten to a point in podcast consumption, you could say, that people aren't really looking for that stuff anymore. Like, it was entertaining the first month or month and a half, but it's May 14th. Baseball opening day was supposed to be March 26th. There's only so much historical stuff that you can talk about without actually having a point of reference for an actual baseball season. So there was some news that was made, and it was made by a former Cy Young Award winner, albeit a young player, and that's Tampa Bay Rays ace Blake Snell. This story was filed earlier this morning by ESPN.com and published in other places as well. But this is an interesting viewpoint on the players' side of the negotiations between the owners and the players to restart the MLB season. So I want to read to you the story as ESPN has written it down. Tampa Bay Rays ace Blake Snell says he will not play this season for a reduced salary, especially because the risk of contracting the coronavirus is, quote, just not worth it. Snell voiced his opposition to Major League Baseball's reported proposal of a 50-50 revenue split with the players for a coronavirus-shortened season in a video posted to social media Wednesday. Here is his direct quote. Quote, Y'all gotta understand, man, for me to go, for me to take a pay cut, is not happening, because the risk is through the roof, Snell said. It's a shorter season, less pay. No, I gotta get my money. I'm not playing unless I get mine, okay? And that's just the way it is for me. Like, I'm sorry you guys think differently, but the risk is way the hell higher, and the amount of money I'm making is way lower. Why would I think about doing that? End quote. The 50-50 revenue split is included in a plan approved Monday by owners, sources told ESPN's Jeff Pass, and this is from the article. The MLBPA is expected to reject that element of the proposal and counter that a March agreement between the parties guaranteed players a prorated portion of their salaries. Now, we had specifically done an episode on that, about the agreement that MLB and the MLBPA had in regards to salaries. The MLBPA understood that they would have prorated salaries if there was a season. If there was no season, they would receive a flat amount of pay. That was a part of the deal. So effectively, the owners are trying to renegotiate that deal because they don't want to spend that money knowing they're not going to be able to generate any revenue from merchandise, tickets, concessions, parking, etc., They're not getting the money back that they thought that they would be getting back whenever a season did start because they didn't have the foresight to understand that if there was going to be a season, there would not be fans in the stands. So basically, the Major League Baseball owners are trying to get out of a deal that they agreed to almost two months ago. So let's continue the article. 
Snell, who was scheduled to make $7 million in 2020, said that he, quote, loves baseball to death, end quote, but is unwilling to accept multiple reductions of his salary. Snell's quote, quote, bro, I'm risking my life. What do you mean it should not be a thing? It should 100% be a thing. If I'm going to play, I should be getting the money I signed to be getting paid. I should not be getting half of what I'm getting paid because the season's cut in half, on top of a 33% cut of the half that's already there. So I'm really getting like 25%. On top of that, it's getting taxed. So imagine how much I'm actually making to play. You know what I'm saying? End quote. Snell later texted the Tampa Bay Times acknowledging that he realizes his comments on the video could be perceived as greedy. Quote, I mean, honestly, it's just scary to risk my life to get COVID-19 as well as not knowing and spreading it to the others. I just want everyone to be healthy and get back to our normal lives because I know I miss mine. End quote. The former American League Cy Young Award winner also told the Times he would be willing to skip the 2020 season and said the owner's proposal of a revenue split is, quote, super frustrating because we have way more risk. Snell emphasized in the video that he is concerned about the long-term health effects of possibly contracting COVID-19, saying the damage to his body is going to be there forever. Quote, I'm just saying, it doesn't make sense for me to lose all of that money and then go play, and then be on lockdown, not be around my family, not around the people I love, and getting paid way the hell less, and then the risk of injury runs every time I step on the field. Snell is entering the second year of a five-year, $50 million deal with the Rays. So basically what you've got at this point is the first of many revolters against whatever proposed deal is coming in. And I think one of the big factors in all of this is, look, Blake Snell might be somewhat to the extreme of wanting his full salary, but the Players Association agreed to prorated deals. The owners, MLB, signed off on this. How can they go back on it at this point? And based on what we read from Sean Doolittle's Twitter thread and all of the research that he put in there, there is so much risk associated with actually getting guys back on fields, into clubhouses. You have to take every single safeguard that you can. So if somebody like a Blake Snell who is making $7 million a year, is coming out fully against this and effectively saying, I'm not going to play this season. How many other players are going to follow suit? What is this going to do to certain guys' opinions based on where they're at on the salary scale? It is somewhat of a battle between the haves and the have-nots here relative to those that are making the major league minimum and those that are making $30-plus million a year. I don't know how they're going to be able to settle this so that everybody feels like they're being treated fairly. But the point that I think is valid from Snell is that if you're assuming this much risk, then you have to be compensated for it. It doesn't seem right or look good on Major League Baseball to pay these guys less when the risk of playing and the risk of getting sick is so much higher. Like, there's something about that that does not compute. But again, what do we know owners for other than looking for a money grab, looking for a way to keep the money in their pockets and screw over everybody? Now, there's a lot of screw overage 
I don't really think that's a term. Screw overage. That we're gonna make it a term here. There's a lot of screw overage going on. The Marlins announced yesterday that they're going to furlough employees starting June first. Other Major League Baseball teams are probably going to do the same. Most teams said they would pay their employees through the end of May. Well, we got two weeks left in May. So what are they going to do now? How much does an agreement to either play or not play affect the finances of everybody involved? Is the risk worth the reward? Now, there are a lot of people that are probably saying, well, how high is the risk? I don't understand why there are so many people in this country that don't want to listen to science, that don't want to listen to medical experts. To me, there is no way that you can guarantee the safety of a 30-man baseball roster, which is what they're proposing. There are too many people in one place. I don't know why people are looking at this and thinking it's okay. Or are you just willing to take this assumed risk because you want to make sure that you don't lose the money that you feel like you're entitled to? Well, you know what? The players, they feel entitled to their money, and maybe they won't get it. But they also are entitled to their safety. They're entitled to make sure that they're not putting themselves in harm's way. It's not the owners that are assuming this risk. The owners are assuming the risk of the players. The owners are effectively, it's like that line from Shrek where Lord Farquaad, before they're trying to battle for who's going to go get Princess Fiona, some of you may die, but it's a sacrifice I am willing to make. And everybody's applauding. Like, that's where I feel like we've gotten to at this point. We're not taking reasonable opinions into our lexicon. We've gotten so far along in this no-sports world that everybody is willing to take this assumed risk to be able to bring back a sense of normalcy. Well, you know what? The country has failed in its response to COVID as a whole. And because of that, we are suffering the consequences of this. But if you put sports back before they are safe to, you could have an even more disastrous wave of COVID-19 sweep through the nation. And in regards to baseball, will shut baseball down, not only for the rest of this year, but potentially into 2021, which could spell disaster for the sport and for MLB. Do you want to do that? Do you want that assumed risk? I'm a no-risk guy. I am immunocompromised. I have an autoimmune disorder. I am at higher risk along with a lot of other people that have autoimmune disorders. That's where we're at at this point. That's why I'm so passionate for what Blake Snell is saying. Let's put it into a real-world example, all right? Let's say that you do tech sales for Widget Incorporated. And Widget Incorporated is having a difficult time selling widgets because, and by the way, I'm using a classic economics class example here. They're having a tough time selling widgets because people don't need widgets right now. But the widget industry finally has a need 
that people want to buy widgets again. But you have to go door-to-door during a pandemic to sell widgets. And, oh, by the way, the CEO of Widget Inc. says, hey, we want you to come back to work, but because you're not going to be able to sell widgets at full capacity, we are cutting your pay by 50%. Whereas before, you were making 100% of your pay to go around and sell widgets in an environment that was safe. So assumed risk of getting sick with less pay versus no assumed risk and more pay. Hmm. Hmm, 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 hmm. I wonder what would be the right answer there. Oh, yeah, that's right. You wouldn't do it. If you're in the workforce, you wouldn't do it. So why are you expecting Major League Baseball players to do it? That's my thing. Compare it to a regular work scenario like I just did. And then you'll understand why the players are coming at this the way that they are. Why would anybody take less money to work in an environment where you could get deathly ill? It makes no sense. Or it makes all the sense in the world because the owners don't really give a crap about the health and safety of the players. But you can make the argument in a lot of pro sports that that's the case. And maybe people are saying, well, these guys are millionaires and they make lots of money. Well, the owners are billionaires. I don't care how much money you make. You shouldn't be forced to work if you feel like you are going to have a chance to contract a virus that could cause you to die. I don't think that D word is really getting through to a lot of the people in power. I want to read you an article that was written a couple of days ago by Henry Shulman of the San Francisco Chronicle. Henry Shulman has been the Giants beat guy for the Chronicle for ages. And he put forth an argument as to why baseball should completely bag the 2021 season. I thought it was a great read, and I want to share it with you now because I want to extrapolate on a couple of points at it. You can go to sfchronicle.com and read the full article. Just go under the sports section and search for Henry Schulman. So I want to read this article to you verbatim because the point needs to be gotten across. It starts like this. Those who follow sports social media had to notice excitement last week when ESPN began showing Korean Baseball League games sans fans. People want their baseball, even if they have no idea who the players are or how to pronounce their names. Given this newfound Korean baseball love, one can imagine the pent-up demand for Major League Baseball to start an 82-game season around July 4th, leading to an expanded postseason, the schematic that the 30 owners approved Monday and took the MLB Players Association on Tuesday. Just because people want it doesn't make it a good idea, though, and I will propose a contrarian view that Major League Baseball should bag the 2020 season and start anew in 2021. Granted, it's easy for me to say, it's not my revenue that teams would forfeit, same with the salaries players would lose. The League and Players Association are at loggerheads over how much those salaries would be, which creates a rocky path toward an agreement anyway. That aside, it seems bizarre that MLB is ready to push a specifically timed plan when COVID-19 deaths in the United States are headed over 100,000 and scientists are nowhere close to declaring the virus contained. Chronicle sports columnist Ann Killian, who, by the way, is a fantastic writer, began a four-part series Tuesday examining sports in the post-coronavirus world. 
She makes the valid point that sports led the way in awareness and action when the NBA shut down as soon as Rudy Gobert of the Utah Jazz tested positive March 11th, and similarly could show how, through proper safety measures, sports could lead the nation out of quarantine too. And I agree with that fully. I'm taking a break from the article. That moment was where everybody realized this was a huge deal. This is when everything started to fall into place in regards to COVID-19 containment. The NBA is what got our country aware of how serious this was. So there's no argument there. Article continues. But Killian's story also notes that attempts to restart baseball in Japan and soccer in Germany without fans were delayed when a handful of athletes tested positive. That's what's hard to shake in pondering baseball's return. It comes down to these key questions. Question one, what are the odds that even with safety measures in place and consistent testing, that 30 teams could go through spring training 2.0 and a season that involves air travel and working in close quarters without at least a few encountering an uptick in COVID-19 cases? And how would MLB proceed? That to me, this is me speaking, is the most key question. The odds of safety measures working 100%. I don't think you can guarantee that. I don't think there's a way, given how baseball players interact with each other, given how they travel, given the environments that they are contained in during a game, you can guarantee absolute safety. Article continues. Set aside the disconnect between athletes having nearly unlimited access to testing while so many ordinary citizens still can't get tested. How could a league keep playing amid that kind of threat? Pause. This is a great point to drive home. Yes, Americans want sports, but we cannot dutifully take away tests from people that need them in order to provide them to professional athletes. That is so effing tone deaf, it doesn't begin to underscore the amount of greed and hypocrisy that are shown by the sports world who are trying to get the American people to think that they are concerned about safety measures. You cannot, in your good conscience, take away tests from people that need them in order to test athletes on a daily basis. That just looks wrong. Article continues. If I thought fans would be allowed into Major League Stadiums in 2020, I would feel different. That would suggest the pandemic is under control and 1,300 game day workers who lost their jobs would get paycheck. But let's be realistic. Ballparks in many states will not welcome fans in 2020. We can start with California, New York, and Pennsylvania, three of the hardest hit states, which host nine of the 30 teams, nearly one-third. Think about that for a sec as I step away from the article. Almost a third of MLB's host cities are not going to allow fans in the stadiums. That's a big number. Would fans even want to go? The article continues. 39% of respondents in a Chronicle Twitter poll said they would not attend a sporting event until next year, with 31% wanting to wait and see, and 30% saying they were ready to walk through the turnstiles. When people absorb a gut punch, they usually take time to regroup before rejoining the fight. Major League Baseball should do the same. Instead of pushing a season that will leave the game exposed to more gut punches, why not wait until 2021 and use the rest of 2020 to solve its two worst contentious issues? 
And those are, one, reshaping the minor leagues after the current affiliation agreement expires this fall. And here on MLB Morning Coffee, we have completely expounded upon that. And number two, negotiating a new collective bargaining agreement with the players. The current deal ends next year. Come February, baseball could rise anew and refurbished. It's business obstacles solved in a nation that has demolished the coronavirus curve and has universal testing and tracing, with the promise of a vaccine coming shortly. That might seem like a pipe dream, but no more so than the overly ambitious prospect of a spring training starting four weeks from now. As much as I want to see baseball come back, I cannot feel comfortable knowing that there is so much assumed risk to be able to put players in harm's way. I don't think shelving baseball for 2020, at least here in the United States, is a bad idea. Blake Snell is just the first of many dominoes that are going to fall in this regard. If you can't guarantee the safety of everybody involved, then what's the point? Why not work, like Shulman says, on some of your bigger issues and come back stronger than you are now in 2021? Is the financial hit that owners are going to take too great to not have a season in 2020? Well, what about the employees that you're not paying? It's a big hit for them regardless. And even if you do play a season in 2020, there's a lot of those employees that aren't going to be working. So if you can guarantee that your players get paid and that you find a way to compensate your employees, what is the harm in trying to come back stronger next year? Because let me tell you, when you get to 2021, and the virus is in a much better place than it is right now, fans are going to come back to baseball in droves. If you do this right, it will be more popular than before. I could almost guarantee that. It's the psychology of wanting something that you can't have. People desperately want things that they can't have. So if you hold baseball away from the general public for that long, they are going to come back like addicts, and that will be good for baseball business. That will be good for everyone involved. But if you risk trying to play a modified 2020 season, if it goes wrong, it could be disastrous. And we don't know where the virus is going to be by July 1. We don't know where it's going to be by next week. So for Blake Snell to come out and saying that he's not going to play for anything but his full salary, I don't know if it's reasonable for him to expect his full salary, but it's reasonable for him to hold out if he feels like the risk is too high for him to be forced to play this season. And as this week goes on into next week, you are going to see more players take the same stance that Blake Snell did. Don't think of him as the outlier here. Think of him as the first in a domino effect of players that are going to stonewall this plan to restart the season. And quite frankly, even as somebody that loves baseball and wants to see baseball back in our daily lives, I 100% agree with him. This has been another presentation of MLB Morning Coffee, a production of the Ocean Avenue Studios in San Francisco, California. Make sure you email the show if you have any topics you want to talk about. Greg.Maraz at Yahoo.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at 
Greg D. Mraz. Write a review, leave a rating, and subscribe. We're available on Apple Pods, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great rest of your day. And as always, we will catch you in the AM. Be safe, everybody.